Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. You can text us at 630-630 on the West Sox 4 text line. We'll get to some more texts. Uh, some of you are having fun with the uh, legendary Mark Messier elbows, including one on Vladimir Kovin. Something about crushing a Russian. Well, I guess that was politically correct back in the mid-1980s. Uh, the Battle of Alberta was at its height at that time. We're hoping to go down that path again. And speaking of the path, the uh, Oilers, of course, have changed out their assistance. Whole new coaching staff in Calgary. We've had Bill Peters on uh, multiple times over uh, the last couple seasons. Uh, knew Bill way back in the day uh, when he coached at uh, the University of Lethbridge against Rob Dom. Rob Dom is now coaching... Uh, where is he now? Is he in Iserlone? I think he's in Iserlone. And our next guest at one time coached there as well. He was also, like Rob Dom, uh, the head coach of the Oilers farm team, last several years in the NHL as an NHL assistant. We welcome back to the show Jeff Ward. Jeff, it's Bob Stoffer. How are you doing? I'm really good, Bob. I was just saying to Brendan before we got on, you guys must be having a slow day, a hockey day in uh Edmonton in order to be talking to me this afternoon. Well, you know, it is the Battle of Alberta, Jeff. You know that. Now, it's it's funny because I'm trying to remember this. I thought you were from Manitowage, Ontario. But I actually it, am from Manitowage, Ontario, yeah. Because they list you as Waterloo on the uh, on your on Wikipedia, but uh, I might you and me might be the only two guys that would have any concept right now listening to the show that would know where uh, Manitowoc is. I I worked there, Jeff, in uh, the spring of 1989. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a while ago. He must have had some good fly fly dope working there. Oh yeah, no, no, we uh, we had some str- we we had some. Uh, Strong, strong stuff uh, <laughs> in our camp and in more ways than one and, and soon to be legalized. Uh, but that's a whole other conversation for a different time. <laughs> so uh, you've been in the league the last several years. Maybe talk to us about this opportunity and this fit uh, with Bill Peters down in uh, Calgary. Jeff? Well, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, it came along as a surprise. I really uh, wasn't planning on moving. As a matter of fact, uh, when uh, this all came about, I was getting ready to uh, take my wife down to New Jersey and look for a place uh, for next season because we've been apart the last couple of years uh, with my older daughter uh, finishing high school in Boston. Yeah, family stayed here, so that's I was in the process of doing that. And uh, Brad uh, called Ray and uh, asked for permission to speak with me, and um, Ray granted permission, and then uh, the talk started from there. I really I didn't know Bill that that well. Um, just from coaching against him and saying hi to him the odd time, but uh, we really hadn't ever sat down and talked hockey. And I flew into uh, North Carolina to see him one day, and uh, we uh, had a good uh, good discussion about hockey and where he uh, saw the you know the Flames moving to in the future and what his uh, you know philosophies, beliefs, thoughts are on the game. And we had a lot of the same things in, in that regard. And so the more I talked to him, the more the job became uh, more intriguing to me. And at the end of the day, you decided to, to make the move out to Calgary. 
We're joined by Jeff Ward. He's now assistant coach with the Calgary Flames. Jeff was a coach of the Oilers farm team in uh, with the Edmonton Roadrunners during the lockout year back in 2004-2005. Ended up as an assistant with the Boston Bruins for a number of years, winning the Stanley Cup in Boston in 2010-11. You mentioned the last three seasons in New Jersey. The last two, you've had Taylor Hall on the team. Is there any way you can express to our listenership as a guy who was right there watching uh, Taylor uh, every day in practice and and, uh, and obviously in the games, uh, just uh, the progression and the growth and, and what he brought to that team this season and why he's one of the three finalists for the Hart Trophy. Well, I, I'm a little bit biased. I mean, I saw him, I got the opportunity to see him every day, and, uh, you know, I thought he was tremendous uh, all, all year, um, every game, and more importantly, every practice. And that's where uh, John Hines really challenged Taylor, I think, Last summer when he went to visit him was that, you know, he needed to become a better practice player. Uh, Taylor took it to heart, and he certainly was. Um, and that led into, uh, you know, I think had a big factor in him having the season that he did. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of times that this, this year when he took the took our team on his back and almost willed us to win, especially down the stretch. But he's uh, full marks for being in the final three for the Hart Trophy. Um, it was great to also watch him sort of in his progression uh, as a leader. You know, he really uh, he really came uh, a long way in terms of that. Um, you know, having the confidence to stand up in the room and talk and, and uh, really understanding exactly uh, what it takes to lead uh, from a team perspective. And so there was a lot of there was a lot of growth in Taylor this year, and he's full marks for what happened. Um, and really, I think he's in a, you know he's in a position now where people can. You know, say for sure that he's a premier player in our league. We're joined by Jeff Ward, now Calgary Flames assistant. Jeff, uh, you won a Stanley Cup in Boston, made it to a, a final in another one. Did you see Washington, you know, making the run this year, uh, given the fact that at times uh, your team, uh, you know, in Boston vanquished uh, uh, their dreams? Uh, they also upset you one year, as I recall. Uh, but just a thought on on what the Capitals have been able to achieve. Well, you know, it's uh, they almost seem to be a team of destiny. You know, they had the slow start, uh, but then they became very, very good. We uh, They were one of the teams that we had the most trouble with this year, I think, uh, in New Jersey. You know, they always played a, a fast game, which everybody seems to be going to now, but they also played a heavy game. And, um, you know, they're extremely dangerous on the rush. They're extremely dangerous on the power play. I think their role players have really fit in and, and become comfortable probably about the halfway point of the season. And then, of course, um, you know, you see the, the transformation in Ovi in terms of what he's prepared to do in order to win games and, uh, you know, the team's following him. So I, I think right now they're they're in a really good place. They're playing their best hockey at the right time of the year. And um, I don't know if, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year we saw them going this far into the playoffs, but we knew for sure uh, as we were playing them, uh, and you could see they were getting better every time we did, that, they were going to be a team that uh, was certainly going to be reckoned with at the end of the year. You were part of Claude Julien's staff that won in 2011. That was the only year for a six-year run where an Eastern Conference team won the Stanley Cup. Obviously, L.A. and Chicago kind of alternated. Uh, the Hawks winning three, the, the Kings winning twice. If Washington seals a deal here and wins the Stanley Cup, that's three straight years for the Eastern Conference. Have we seen a swing take place? in terms of where the best hockey is played? And is there a difference, do you think, between Eastern Conference teams and teams in the West? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think there there was probably uh, more of a difference uh, five or ten years ago than there is now. Um, 
you know, the model now seems to be this up-tempo style that everybody wants to play, and, and uh, you can see it going on in the East, and you can see it going on in the West. I mean, that's one of the things I'm really anxious uh, about in coming to Calgary. I mean, I've been in the East my whole career, so to actually uh, get myself immersed in the West, I think I can probably better answer that question uh, at the end. But, um, you know, when you're talking about playoff runs and you're talking about, uh, you know, is the East better, is the West better, I don't know if you can really uh, make a strong or a final statement, a definitive statement on that. I mean, there's so many things that go into a long Stanley Cup run, you know, in terms of uh, what your injury situation is, how long your series go, you know, uh, what your injury situation is. Um, there's just there's just all sorts of things that, that happen. You know, are your best players, are they your best players? Um, there's so many things that go on in, in a run, so... You know, when you get down to those final two teams, it's it's tough to say. I, I don't think it's a style of play, per se, that's going to determine whether you win or lose. I, I think it's, it's you know, who's the best team at that particular point in time. Because when you get into those long runs, it really is a game of attrition. Um, and, uh, you know, you're seeing that now. You can start to see uh, teams wearing down a little bit, uh, other players getting stronger. It's, it, it's, a, it's a tough game when you're getting into where this series is right now. Well, it's interesting because when you guys won with uh, Boston 2011 against Vancouver, and I'll be honest, a lot of our listeners did not want to see that Vancouver team win. Um, though they respected the Sedins, there were guys, you know, Lapierre, uh, Alex Burroughs were, were not well liked by some of their divisional opponents. Not to, I mean, in case of Kessler and BX, so they were more likely to back it up. Uh, but you guys were down 2 nothing in that series and, and kind of in a little bit of trouble there. And, uh, you know, I, I specifically remember the hit on Horton and thought maybe that kind of changed the complexion of the series round. And then contrast that with 2013. And if you get anything out of Tyler Sagan in that playoff run, because I think he had one goal, I think he won the cup that year. So it's, it's, it is kind of, you know, it show, you talked about the, the attrition, but there's also, you know, ups and downs even the course of a series. Oh, for sure there is. For sure there is. In a series, you know, you... you You've heard it said before, a series can turn on one play, and that's certainly true. Um, you know, we uh, we were up on Philadelphia, uh, you know, three games to none the one year, the year before we won the cup, and and uh, David Krejci got knocked out of the series by by Mike Richards, and they came back and won the next four games, and and uh, the, the series definitely turned on that hit. So, you know, there are there are swings in the series. I mean, in that Vancouver uh, series, there were certainly swings. They jumped out to that two nothing lead, but you know the one thing they did with us. Uh, the one thing about that team in Boston was you didn't want to you didn't want to get them angry. You didn't want to get us angry, and Vancouver got us emotionally engaged. I think a little bit quicker. We started the series really not that engaged in terms of who our opponent was. Uh, there was no real hate there, but uh, they quickly uh, with the finger biting and the hit on uh, Orton, You know, it, it certainly quickly changed. And uh, our guys got emotionally engaged at that point, and the series took a huge momentum shift. We came back home and, and had two big wins there, and then obviously they won uh, the next game to go up 3-2. We came back and won the game there, and, and then, you know, Game 7 in Vancouver. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, series can certainly switch on, on plays. I mean, you look at the game last night, Vegas had a great start, but all of a sudden uh, they fall behind, and now they're chasing the game. So, uh, yeah, a lot of things can happen. Calgary assistant coach Jeff Ward spent several years with the Oilers organization as well. Bob Stauffer with you on uh, Oilers. Now, you had Milan Lucic in Boston. 
And uh, he had he had a, not, it wasn't always great for Milan. He had one year in particular I recall where it was a bit down offensively. This I'm told that one of the things that he can handle is real directness, and he can be challenged. Um, is that the case with every kid today, or is it a little bit different than it was, say, 15, 20 years ago? No, I think it's a little bit different. I, I really think uh, now, you know, you hear coaches talk about the importance of relationships all the time, and um, those things really uh, are important today. Um, you know, you need to understand uh, where the player is coming from, and he needs to understand where you're coming from, and certainly that's easier when, uh, you know, you have a, a good uh, a good relationship uh, you know, starting out with, with the player. Um, but uh, in terms of Lutz, he certainly can be challenged directly. Um, you know, that was the way that he wanted in Boston all the time. And, you know, the one thing about Lutz is, uh, you know, he's an emotional leader. Um, he was for us in Boston. Uh, I haven't seen him, obviously, uh, being him being in the West uh, now for a little while. I haven't had the opportunity to, to watch him play a lot. But, um, you know, he was one of the guys in Boston that we really relied on when uh, – we needed uh, momentum changes in hockey games. Jeff, uh, I, I know what the delineation in theory, uh, the roles will be in Edmonton, uh, and, and that being said, it's a collective, but has there been a specific delineation like, uh, you know, are you handling the power play? Are you handling the PK? I know in the end it becomes a group effort headed up by Bill Peters, but how's that, you know, who's got the defense, that sort of thing? How's that going to transpire there? Yeah, I think... In my my understanding of it uh, right now, Bob, is that uh, I'm going to be working with the power play and the forwards, and really uh, trying to give Bill a lot of in-game analysis as you know as the, as the game progresses in terms of what we're doing to the other team, what the other team's doing to us, and sort of giving him a, a running commentary when he needs it of how things are going during the hockey game. Uh, Ryan Husky is going to look after the penalty kill and the defenseman, and of course Bill's overseeing uh, everything else. Uh, you know, and as any head coach does, he's going to be involved in. You know, all aspects of what happens with the Flames, the power play, the penalty kill, you know, all that stuff, three-on-three, four-on-four. And then, you know, we'll we'll talk as a staff an awful lot and come up with a a style of play and a system of play. But uh, that's kind of, I think, how it's going to break down in terms of what our individual sort of uh, job descriptions are going to look like. And one final question uh, for Jeff Ward, uh, the assistant coach of the Calgary Flames. So on that note, speaking of the power plays, are there certain inherent principles that lead to successful power plays? Um, well, yes, I think so. You know, I think the biggest thing is shooting power play score. Um, and that's been proven over many, many different years in hockey and many different uh, decades of hockey. But, um, you know, the one thing is you've got to be prepared to take the, the game to the goaltender. You've got to be prepared to get, you know, not only pucks to the net, but bodies to the net and work for those, you know, second and third opportunities around the net. And I think, you know the good power plays in the NHL. You certainly see them do that. There's an awful lot of power plays. Good you know, power plays on paper in the NHL that look good, but they don't necessarily maybe have the results because uh, you know maybe they're not shooting enough. Maybe they're not getting bodies to the net. You know maybe they don't have enough traffic. But I think uh, I think the, the basic premise of the power play has been working for a long time now, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Jeff, we appreciate your time. Uh, I know we've got uh, some engagements in September, so we'll hook up with you then uh, with some uh, preseason tilts and that sort of thing, and uh, best of luck in your new role uh, in Calgary. 
Thanks, Bob. Always good talking to you. Look forward to seeing you soon. All right. That is Jeff Ward, who uh, spent uh, 2003-04 uh, coaching the Oilers farm team with the Toronto Roadrunners at that time. He was an assistant with Claude Julien in Hamilton with the Hamilton Bulldogs. Jeff was an Ontario Hockey League head coach with the Kitchener Rangers and the Guelph Storm. Uh, and then after uh, the Roadrunners went over to Germany for a year and then ended up uh, with Claude Julien in Boston, uh, where he uh, went to two Stanley Cup finals winning in 2011, losing in six in 2013. And, of course, uh, that was the Chicago Blackhawks, Stan Bowman and Peter Shirelli. Those two ended up working together a few years later on the World Cup team. And uh, Jeff spent the last three seasons on uh, New Jersey's staff as an assistant. He is now on Bill Peters' staff. Uh, I do want to mention portions of Oilers Now brought to you by World Floor Coverings. Tell them Oilers Now sent you. Receive two times the air miles, reward miles on your flooring purchases. Uh, World Floor Coverings, where they know a lot about hockey and a lot about flooring. To this day in Oilers history. It was a tough day for Oilers fans in more ways than one. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. I've obviously seen you skate. Welcome back, everybody. 120 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer with you along with Mark Spector. Nothing wrong with my skating. No, you skate fine. You just... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't exactly... Big talker over there. Uh, hey, Brendan? I, I can't the even... the time s- you played hockey, Bob? Uh, at least... Oh, that long ago. Huh? Uh, yeah, at least eight it. years ago. Yeah, I've never go. played hockey with Bob, so I'd love to one day. Yeah, right. I'd, I'd love to go one, day. one day. We should get him out, hey, Brendan? Yeah, that'd be Let's fun. Let's get him out. I'd have to uh, <laughs> drop a little if we'll I was bring to bring the, the, one of those portable uh, paddle things, you know? <laughs> the heart, what do they call those machines? <laughs> it's uh, 120 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. Stoffer Inspector brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Hey, I'll show you. you I'm a lousy skater, but at least I skate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your skating that was the issue. Well, it was the lack of vision on the ice. You got lots of issues, okay? <laughs> well, yeah, so did we all. Every we, Saturday morning but, but, the CAC arena. There we go. Hey, Speck, you know what they say? <laughs> you know, I just lack the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, character, yeah. and discipline. Those, that, was, that was Billy, Billy Moore's line to me when he had me in his uh, Pac-214 class at right. the U of A. I made the mistake of yelling at Coach Moore. We had to hit the goalpost, and I hit the goalpost, and he didn't see it. So you yelled at him. And that was That's a ba- good idea. That was a bad decision. Yeah. I went from an eight to a seven in a yeah. hurry. I wouldn't yell at Coach Moore. Funny how Coach, Coach Moore is how all the, uh, all the Golden Bear guys got nines. Yeah, funny how that works. Uh, <laughs> in fact, yeah. You know what? Biggest, I guess Adam Morrison really needed that nine. The biggest mistake I made was I did not take Claire Drake's Hockey yeah. 214. Oh, yeah. No, it was awesome. I was sitting there right across the street from me, and I took, I think, Hockey 210, and I didn't take the next one that he coached, and I kick myself to this day. You know, uh, you know Dougie McCarthy. Yes, I saw uh, him the other night. Pretty good, pretty good player, right? This was a guy who put up a hundred points in the West, uh, oh, really the good w- WCHL in his forties. Okay, he was a good hockey player. Played a long time. Played in the old Atlantic Coast League before ball. he played for the U of A. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, he played Kirk against. Drake Spor- tried to kind of squeeze one past the goalie on there on the Dougie McCarthy front. Oh yeah. In other words, Dougie um, comes from pro hockey. He's got all of a sudden he's got five years eligibility. Yeah, they whittled that one down to three in a hurry. Yeah, some mm-hmm. young guy at the gateway figured that out. Oh, way to go, Specky yeah. Cost Doug. That's why he hates you. I'll to this never day. forget. <laughs> Claire Drake came to me, and you know he's Claire Drake, man. He's the first coach and. And I broke the story that Dougie McCarthy doesn't have five years eligibility. He's only got three because he played two years in the Atlanta Coast League. And Coach Drake was so mad at me. And he says, you know, what are you doing? What do you think? Why would you do that? I go, Coach, it's, that's my job. I'm the reporter. It's my job to do that. And he looked at me and he didn't say anything. And he said, so you think that's your job, do you? And then he walked away, and I was like, oh, my God. It's like my grandfather, you know, is disappointed in me. I was crushed. And a week from Thursday, you and me will be at uh, Coach Drake's Celebration yeah. of Life over at the University yeah. of Alberta. You yeah. think that's your job, do you? I got it one time pretty good. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, in, he'd come back. He'd, uh, as you know, he was a quick coach in the U of A after the 88-89 season. Went to the Winnipeg Jets for 89-90, mm-hmm. uh, where he set a single-season record for most lost VCRs, seven yes. in one year. I'm joking on that front uh, because he could find anything when he needed to come crunch time. But he was, you know, that's just yeah, the way it was. But uh, in '92, Alberta was playing Regina in the Canada West final. The Regina Cougars had six forwards who had had at least one 37-plus goal season in the Western League. They had guys with 50 goals. They had, uh, McKechnie had 50 goals back then. Lenny Nielsen was a terrific player yeah, of the Regina Pats. Great uh, playmaking sentiment, 135 point score, and uh, the Bears uh, got a tremendous goaltending performance uh, from Derek Shabunka, won game one, and got up uh, one nothing after game two. And Coach Drake was my intermission guest, and I looked at him and said, "Coach," and I was totally being tongue in cheek. I go, "Alberta's got Regina right where they want," and he started lecturing, "Never, you know, never, never get ahead of yourself, never get ahead of yourself, kid." And I, I, of course, was joking around. Speaking of coaching, so the news of the day: Doug Waite, who's a tremendous guy, uh, relieved of his duties as head coach. There's going to be collateral damage. There's a lot of Edmonton area coach, uh, coach Luke Richardson, Freddie Brathwaite, Kelly Buckberger, all on that stuff. What happens? Well, that's traditionally what happens is. You, uh, Lou Lamorello will find himself a head coach, and he'll be looking for an experienced one. And that experienced head coach, uh, if he does indeed find one, will very likely have his own assistance. Uh, if I'm Kelly Buckberger, the best chance for me is if Lou Lamorello hires a less experienced coach who wishes to have... Uh, you know, to retain the staff for a, a level of familiarity, maybe a guy that, you know, I'm going to say this, if you hire Barry Trotz, he comes with assistance, and they say thanks for coming. If you hire, I don't know, a guy coming out of the NCAA, you know, for instance, maybe he keeps his assistance with him. We're all going to have to wait and see who Lou hires. Brendan, did I approve you of shooting me in, uh, in studio and sending it out? What's with that? What, what, what behind, are you doing? Everyone loves behind the scene look, behind the scenes yeah. looks, Bob. Yeah. So it's all good. All right. Uh, by the way, Spec, 2018, man. You're on Twitter. Jack Cookson, uh, Jack Cookson from Pro M Sports. I got to go see Jack. He just uh, found a photo of Vladimir Kovic. And uh, we'll tweet that out the aftermath of the legendary Mark Messier elbow. Oh, there it is. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Pro M Sports, where in town can you say, bring up Victor Coven? And then drive in and buy a picture of the guy with fresh blood. There's a trainer holding a, a, I don't know, some kind of tissue up over his eye. Even a Kleenex isn't big enough to cover all the blood streaming down this poor guy's face from Mark Messier's elbow. 
Way to go. I'm pretty sure that game was in Edmonton. It was. That's why I was there. I was there with, like, my dad. Okay. Yeah. It was in Edmonton. It was one of those touring back in the day when they had the touring. No, it was the Canada Cup. That was the 84 Canada Cup. But it wasn't a real game. I think it was uh, an exhibition game. game. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, It was uh, pretty legendary back in the day. You know who we have coming up? Remember Jeff Ward? Yeah. Spent years with the Oilers organization and Boston's organization. Yeah, good he made guy, a pretty right? good living for himself. Was over in Europe, and now he's back in the NHL uh, with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, is he not an associate coach? I believe he is an associate, so he's uh, he's going to be uh, joining us. So, uh, hey, spec the the Vegas Golden Knights win Ooh. Game Five, or is this? I don't is, know. You know, it's isn't it funny how someone said to me today. Uh, Oh, Washington wants to win more. Well, that's not true. Vegas wants to win just as much. But what I think he means to say is Washington's will right now is way stronger than Vegas's will, right? The things Washington are doing are working. Yeah. The way they're playing is apparently too much for Vegas. And when you watch Vegas, they still want to win. But everything they've been doing all the way... All of a sudden, it's not enough anymore, right? What uh, happened with Winnipeg and Vegas? What was the difference, ultimately? Well... Game, game three and game four I mean, in Vegas. It, it, it was gold. It a ton to do with Flurry, Right. He came out of that series, if I'm not mistaken, Bob, with a 956 yeah. save percentage. Right. Well, He's at 850 you, in this series. If you keep 956 going, that comes with a Stanley Cup ring. Right. The problem is keeping it going. Right. And he and, can't keep it going. And Flurry. Hellebuck versus Flurry just in game three alone in that series, that was the turning point. Hellebuck gave up two goals, one in each game, and that was enough. Do you know when the turning point in the Stanley Cup final occurred? Where? Final seconds of game two. When Holpe pulled that puck out of the net on the open net. Well, right? sure. If that puck goes in, maybe Vegas wins in overtime. In maybe overtime we're having two nothing. We're having a completely different discussion. And that's instead, the line is that's what how, if what if Neil scores in the empty net two minutes into the game last night? Right. Are we going back to Vegas tied two two? Who knows? Instead, that's that close. Mark, I will look forward, and I, I mean this in all sincerity. Uh, I will look forward to drilling you on the ice one final time, <laughs> just for old times' sake. <laughs> Out of baby. See you next Tuesday, bro. All right, all right. Uh, Randy Kilburn up next with a global news weather traffic update. We'll come back with uh, Flames assistant Jeff Ward.